Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of From the Lower Level. I'm your host, Boshi, and apologies for not giving you your regular gusto. I'm a little bit under the weather this week, but you know what? Gonna rally for our two listeners. There is more than two. I'm just kidding. And I'm the second listener, Patrizio. <laughs> Do you know what? The, I, that's like not even true. Tell tell the listeners how many times you've listened to this podcast. I don't know. I've, I think I've listened to a total of like three minutes over the <laughs> four seasons and the 150 episodes or whatever, right? I love your honesty. So, yeah, I can kind of say that you are definitely not one of our unique listeners, Patrizio. Well, no, I might be a unique listener, like, several several episodes ago. Lies. The three minutes does not count. You need to listen for more than, like, three minutes to be a unique listener. But I digress. The data is boring. Um Wow, we are so lucky this week. We have not one, but two reunions to cover and not just any sort of reunions. They're both, like, incredibly epic. I can't wait to spend the next five to six hours with you, Moshi. <laughs> just digging into the reunions. But before we go down the train of five hours of reunion talk, what's the word on the street? Got Moshi, the word on the street is, I don't know if you've seen this coming out of Potomac, but there's been a lot of drama surrounding the Reasonably Shady podcast. Um, I have not heard this at all. So I think it kind of dropped when we recorded the podcast last week, but Giselle and Robin have their podcast and mm-hmm. they were discussing, they were just, look... <laughs> And this is me just with, like, no research in coming into this. But <laughs> basically, the, the, the morals of the story is that they were discussing a black gentleman yeah. who's, who's famous and he has a beard. He has and a beard? They were making some very racially stereotypical comments about him and his beard and discussing things like finding fried chicken and watermelon in his beard. What? Yeah. And and it's reignited this whole, like, thing around colorism, colorism. on Potomac, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that was, like, and unfortunately, because I don't know who this person was. Like, I don't, like, I'm, I'm saying I don't know him. Like, I, it's not that I've forgotten who he is. Like, I literally, I heard the name and I didn't even know, like, who this person was. Do you remember um, the name? No, so, like, no, I don't remember. I've got to, I've got to find this, guys. I am talking to Detective Google right now. Thank you. But basically, yeah, it's reignited the whole thing. Like even um, our good friend Candace tweeted about it, like you know, saying that she's taken <gasps> notes. Okay. Oh, apologies. Just talking. I was just talking to Doctor Google. Okay, so they were talking about. Uh, James Harden, who is a very famous basketball player for the Houston Rockets and I believe is perhaps about to start playing for 
um, the Brooklyn Nets. Like, I don't follow a lot of basketball anymore like I used to, but um, I definitely follow James Harden. He's, like, very, very popular. And actually, I don't think it's Brooklyn Nets. I think he's going to wherever Ben Simmons was going to. But, you know, I digress. This is not a sports podcast. (laughs) I'm really glad it's not because I have (laughs) nothing to contribute. (laughs) Oh, that's right. He's gone to Philadelphia now, which is the team that, um, yeah, Ben used to play for. And this is, like, reality adjacent because they all have had connections with like the Kardashians so it's like totally not out of the the realm of discussion but um he is very known for his beard it's like a whole thing but yeah what they've said is just like so dumb is he also very black what is what do you mean by very black that's a bit fucked up sorry no. <laughs> No, is he is he like a lot darker than like? Is he a dark skin? You mean like my good self? Well, I I don't know. I have never seen a photo of this man. He's just like a black person. Well, I'll send you a picture of him. Thank you. I'm just saying um, in the whole like discussion around this whole colorism thing as well. No, but... he he looks exactly the way. If somebody just said to you, "Oh, I saw a black man walking down the street," he looks exactly the way you would picture a black man to look. Um, which is not like particular, like he's not like super dark. Um, he's just, I think like, I hate to say this, just regular black person. (laughs) Whereas these two idiots, reasonably shady, are incredibly light skinned. Um, but once again, they are also black. So (sighs) they're so dumb, like literally just dumb. I'm so disappointed. Well, I mean, um, the show is filming right now, Potomac for season seven. Um, apparently all the housewives have been asked back. I'm sure that this will get some sort of mention in the first couple of episodes. I hope so. Well, you know, there was um, speculation that Candy Yache was not coming back on the show. Like she tweeted some cryptic shit, but I think she's coming back. I don't think she would say no. Yeah, I think they all probably are. Um, all right. Well, moving on. Speaking of hiring and firing, um, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, we got kind of like confirmation that two new housewives are starting um, for this new season, season three, that's already started filming. Um, we've got Angie Katsanevis, which is not the Angie that we already know. Um, the way that there's just like two names in all of like Salt Lake City. Um, and Tyna Edwards. But there is some speculation that the Angie that we do already know may be coming back in some capacity. Of course she is, because she is the catalyst for bad weather in the reunion. You and and after, you know, the hot mics and all the bullshit Lisa Barlow's been doing, you think they're not gonna like bring the source on? the receipt carrier, they're bringing Angie back because the pot was not stirred enough. But I don't know. I don't think I can handle two Angies in one in one franchise. It's going to be hard to keep up. Angie K and Angie Angie. You'll be fine. <laughs> Angie Angie because we don't know her last name. <laughs> Just Angie Angie. Just like old Angie, new Angie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I liked Angie Angie. I think that was much better. 
Um, and look, let's round out this word on the street with um, Real Housewives of Atlanta. The uh, what? What are they called? Um, Candy and the Gang. The spin-off. Okay. The old lady gang uh, premiered this week. Um, Moshi. It's called it Candy was... and the Gang. That's the name of the show. Oh, I thought it was called Old Lady Gang. No, it's Candy and the Gang. You think Candy's not going to put herself in the title? Come on. I mean, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Um, what did you think? Did you watch? Yeah, I ended up watching it yesterday because I remembered about it. Um, I was like, the theme song, I was like cracking up. Like, here's the thing. Candy sings the theme song, right? And it sounds like, lyrically, it is like a sitcom theme song but the thing for me that just sends me is that it's candy singing it you know like candy just sounds like her voice is so unique that it's just like candy singing this song is just funny to me okay it's it's like candy singing jingles like candy should not be singing jingles she should be singing smash hits so hearing her sing this theme song i was just like cackling cackling um but I, the other thing, I guess, for me, what I was interested in getting out of it was there's been a lot of talk since we found out it was coming on that it's potentially going to be the new Vanderpump Rules, which is obviously a spin-off from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And to be honest, it's been around for so long that it really stands on its own. But it's it's been um, going through it the last couple of years. They have, like, you know, a lot of OG cast having to resign. They've uh, not resigned, been fired. They've tried to, like, completely reformat it and redo it when, with a whole bunch of new people. Also, some of the OG cast now are just, like, so rich and famous on their own that they don't actually work at the restaurant anymore. Um, and also, I guess, Lisa Vanderpump's popularity has waned a lot recently as well. So this idea that there was a new show that was potentially going to come on and replace it. And to be honest, I think I, I enjoyed it. Like it was fine to watch. Did I love it? No. Um, but I think it stands on its own. I don't think it's a replacement for Vanderpump. I think it's its own show. I've never really watched Vanderpump Rules. Was it actually, was it following a similar formula? So the, the concept is the same thing, right? So I guess in Candy and the Gang, Candy started those old lady gangs with um, Todd, the old lady gang restaurants based around her mum and her aunts and their recipes. And it follows the younger kind of staff that work at the show and the ups and downs. In this, in Candy and the Gang, though, it's got a bit of a vibe where it's like Candy, like the rest there's trouble at one specific franchise and Candy's trying to reinvigorate it, right? Like that's the premise of like this staff are really bad. We need to find a way to fix it. Whereas Vanderpump Rules was very much more like in the vein of like the hills and what I guess Summer House is now. It follows the lives of these group of young people who are incredibly incestuous. There's a little bit of that in Candy and the Gang. Um, and it follows their lives and the thing that kind of is the reason why they're all friends is this restaurant but all of them have relations they were all they all are friends outside of the restaurant and I think that that's the thing that's a little bit different with this show this show is really about 
fixing the restaurant and fixing the folks at the restaurant. We learn a little bit about their personal lives, but I don't, I don't know if we're going to go that too deep into it where we see them outside of the restaurant. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess, are you going to continue watching it? Um, yeah, because <laughs> this sounds really horrible. Um, there's like no other shows at the moment. So <laughs> it fits, it fits in to my, my current, um, repertoire of shows, so to speak. So, um, Kenny and the gang gets a pity watch from Moshi because it's not terrible enough not to watch completely. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Is that like, look, I'll, I'll give Vanderpump the same thing. I'm not really that, I wasn't really digging Vanderpump the most recent season as well. I think, you know, over time, the things we interact with, the way we watch certain reality shows has changed. And I just don't know if Candy and the gang is going to give me that thing that I need. I think it's a great watch for people who are perhaps a bit newer to the reality genre um, will enjoy it. But I just, I just think for me, when it comes to my reality shows, they've changed. How I look at shows has changed a bit. Mm, interesting. Well, I mean, I personally, like I watched it. I didn't think it was terrible either. I would probably watch it again. Um, which I mean was that's a change for me because like I don't know I watched yeah. Porsche's spin-off and that was like I'm never watching that again and it was one yeah. episode that that was a lot so I mean this has already gotten a bit further than that did so I don't know we'll see I guess but yeah I don't know see fun yeah I think it's I think it's nice to see more of Candy and Todd and I think it's nice to see for me the thing is is it just sort of feels like a storyline that we would see in Atlanta do you get what I mean and I think that's the reason for me why I'm just like is this enough for it to stand on it to be seen I guess they're all gonna have sex with each other at some point anyway well then I'll start watching it (laughs) I okay then you will be watching it I can I can I watch only for the incestuousness coming soon to candy and the gang oh my you know, god candy and the gang bang imagine if that's what it was called i mean that would make sense with her like bedroom candy line yes. her dungeon shows oh my god anyway too bad her mum and the aunts are in this show as well uh Patrizio, that's what's gonna make it better have you seen her aunts they are like big dumb energy. You can't tell me that they're not all tops. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, on that note. <laughs> I thought this was is this not Patrizio after dark? Oh my god. Moshi, actually, we're recording this like Way several hours early. earlier than we usually do. So no, it is not after dark yet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's get into the meat of this week's episode because we've got a lot to discuss Uh Um, and we're going to get straight into the Housewives of Salt Lake City. It's part two of the season two reunion and the Lisa attack continues. I need to understand when you say the Lisa attack, do you mean the attack on Lisa or Lisa attacking others? I feel like you have to be really specific. I'm going to be really specific and say it's Lisa getting attacked by everyone else. Wow. The way you are a Lisa Barlow apologist. Well, I don't think I am though, because I I don't know if you've seen this on the Instagrams this week, 
But a lot of people are Team Lisa. They think that, like, bad weather have really, like, gone in too hard on Lisa. Meredith is, like, going for Lisa. And people want justice for Lisa. And I'm a bit like, I don't really see why she deserves justice. Lisa Barlow has fans. Like, she's always had fans. Don't get me wrong. I, you know what it is? It's like, I really, this is the second year in, in, like, this is only the second season. But, like... Heather at reunions, the worst. I don't know what it is, but they like I hated her. She had such a great first season, and I just thought she was ridiculous at the reunion. Once again, the combo of her and Whitney. I mean, I hated Whitney throughout the whole season, but at the reunion, once again, just worse. There is something about people who just, you know, they 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 came like way too prepared to like get get into it. Whereas I, I'm really enjoying Meredith's, um, uh, not attacks, but Meredith's, um, you know, um, skills. And I know you're going to talk about it a little bit later, but I, I don't think Meredith is attacking Lisa at all. I think she's facts, just stating facts, Patrizio. But I guess on your point on Heather, is it not the point of the reunion to come prepared to discuss everything, to yes. lay it all out? So why, what has she done wrong? But she doesn't talk about herself because, so here's my issue is that I know that I, and they talk about it in this, in part two is, you know, we watched a, a friendship bloom between Heather and Lisa on the show. And so for for, and so there's obviously a whole bunch of stuff has happened off the show to do with Angie. And so Heather, you know, now is determined to, to call, call Lisa out on all these things. And it just, for me, it just feels too calculated. Like without, without her sort of saying what the reason is specifically, I think I know what the reason is specifically, but I think that the reason is getting lost. Um, and for me, I think the issue that they have with Lisa is that like, I'm just going to say this, but Lisa's a liar. She, she refuses to own anything. Like even like the dumbest things like, okay, you made the joke about like the Heather Lego thing. Like just say you did it and just say, look, it was, I thought I was funny. It's a joke. Um, I don't, I obviously, you know, like it's natural to do mean things sometimes, but it's the, it's, it's how deep she goes in saying, I didn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, I never did that. I never did that. I didn't do that. It's like, people have receipts, like just be fucking real. I almost feel like Whitney's advice to her was also helpful in this regard where she's sort of like, Lisa, like you don't actually have to respond to everything. Thank you. Like, you just, like, you just take a moment. Like, because she does. She just wants to be like, no, that it, that's not what happened. That's not how it is. Like, she has to have a reply to everything. And sometimes, yeah, you just need to take take a couple of minutes. Like, so this, this, I agree with you, but this is why I also don't feel that Lisa is under attack. I feel like Lisa's, Lisa is retaliating in such, she's, like, so hyper-defensive that you think she's been attacked, but people are just asking like normal questions. 
you know what I mean like it's like you know if I went I feel like you do you would say to her oh my gosh how's your tequila I have tequila that like you know what I mean like literally while she's holding it in her hand like she came in there um I guess she, I understand why she came in there with her backup because you know the whole thing is that you know the hot mic episode yes. they had like watched it the day before they only got it the day before and shit so I understand why she feels a certain way at the same time. But, I mean, you said that shit. What did you think of um, Lisa pulling out the binder, her printed screenshots, um, and having to wear her glasses as well on the stage? Love the glasses. I'm pretty sure they were Dior. That's all I could think about. I was like, that's cool. We need to see you in glasses more often. Um, the binders, I think like you have to bring receipts now to housewives. Like the precedent has been set. We want to see them, don't we? It's better than roll the tape back. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's like a little overdone. And like, I feel like there was a lot of like, everyone's on their phone at one point during this reunion episode and like, scrolling through to find and it's just sort of like I don't know like what are we doing here like are the receipts actually that important in the grand scheme of things like I think Wendy definitely took the piss at like the (laughs) Potomac like reunion where she had it like blown up onto like an A2 like board um but like I think this was like just as like boring I'm like okay everyone's got a binder now do they like can I tell you what the dumbest thing was because you just mentioned the phone is Whitney saying you could have fabricated those messages to Lisa. That's why she shared her actual messages on her phone because if you're printing them out, then they could have been fabricated. I'm just going to say this right now. I figured out what it is about Whitney that, like, is not quite right. She, She has big QAnon energy. She has, like, big, like, flat earth energy i thought you were gonna like pause for effect and then just be like she's dumb (laughs) i mean well there's that no i don't think she's dumb i just think she is into alternative facts (laughs) Um, i mean look wasn't like their friend like sarah jane like at the insurrection (laughs) i know but i'm just like (laughs) It's like the company that you keep, right? When you're at the reunion, you're at the reunion and you're saying, like, somebody has gone to the trouble of printing out their receipts and putting it in the, the binder and your go-to is, that could have been fabricated. We don't know that those are real. I'm like, honey, f- fuck off. <laughs> Literally. The fact is, like, everything can be fabricated, even if it's on her phone. Thank you. Like, sweet. But it's like, for me, I'm just like, this is the dumbest, like, I don't know, the dumbest debate. Like, that is a point that is just dumb. Like, take that out of the debate, honey. Like, please, just stop. Well, there are two conspiracy theories that are discussed in this reunion. (laughs) Only two? (laughs) Well, two main ones to me. One is um, the status of Mary's church, um, and the other is, I guess, the ongoing drama between Meredith and Lisa. Um, Let's talk about Mary's church first. Um, Moshi, is it a cult? 
I'm I'm with Heather on this one. All churches are cults. Uh, I think Jen Shah said it first. Oh. Which, like, no, you know what Jen Shah said? Like, I think all religions have an element of, like, cult. And then Heather was the one that was like, Mormonism is probably a cult. Like, literally. I, I, do you know what I think? I think that, like, calling any sort of organised, yeah, organised religion or any sort of thing that excludes people... And do you know what I mean? Like it has an element of like ex- like really specific exclusion. I think like cult is just like it's a misnomer. Like it's just like such an easy word that we can apply to anything. You know, you and I have both worked for organisations that some people refer to as being cult-like, um, you know, because there are elements of like um, what's that um, thing from the aliens? What is it like? Oh, I've completely forgot the saying, but it's like, you're, you know, what? one of us, one of us, like one of us culture is like cultish. It's a flex. So I feel like calling it a cult is just an oversimplification. I think this was like, again, another like, another opportunity where we say like, unfortunately, Mary's like not there to, to defend, defend herself. herself. Yeah. Andy, Andy, that was... That was, like, bitch behaviour from Andy, in my opinion. Like, he was like, well, she's not here. Let's just go in. Um, well. And once yeah. again, it, it shows why Mary didn't come. She knew that that's the stuff that they were going to say about her. I think, like, it's hard as well, right? Because not only is Mary not there to defend herself, but, like, the other key player in all this is Cameron, who is also, like, not alive anymore and cannot have a voice yes but you know what the problem is he did give the okay to be on that show he you know what i mean he chose to be on that show and he chose to say what he said and as you can see there were he filmed a lot of scenes that didn't even make the cut right like there's a whole conversation that we didn't see during the episode that was cut off so he obviously was actively wanting to be on the show. He had an agenda as well. Um, obviously, that agenda helped Lisa in some way, shape, or form. But um, it to me, yes, it does suck that Cameron is passed away and he's not there to defend himself. But at the same time, he did sign up to be on the show. So I think it is fair game to discuss anything that he alleged on the show. But I think that's where the line is, right? It's sort of like, well, what did he give on the show? Because all these, like, you know, I mean, if you want to talk about fabrication, I'm Mm. like, are we fabricating conversations that he had with these people off off camera? You know, I don't know. For me, it just felt like, can we not let the man rest in peace? Yeah, so so I look at it at two ways. I actually don't think... I actually don't think... Cameron did anything wrong I think once we need to bring this discussion back to being about the women of the show right so and I think this was one of you know Meredith Marks Esquire court is in session this is one of the things that she did really really well which is you know we're not let's not defame Cameron but let's talk about what you said Cameron had said and what you said Cameron did and how those things weren't were potentially not true. And so there's two things here. One is the did Cameron 
uh, mortgage his home and give Mary $300,000? You know, Meredith Marks asks that question because she says that's not right. That's not true. The other thing is, but it, it furthers Lisa's agenda that she had, right? The other thing was we were told that Cameron was a board member of that charity and we're finding out in this that he wasn't. Was he involved? Yes, but once again, he was brought on the show and given um, coverage under the illusion of all of these things that are not 100% true. The other thing, and this is where Whitney comes in, she never had a deep and meaningful with Cameron in the way that we were led to believe. You know what I mean? Like she tried to reach out to him and he like actually didn't give her the full story. Um, she went snooping, you know? So um, it, it, what's really despicable is the way that these women, and by these women, I actually mean Lisa and I mean Whitney specifically, both used Cameron to try and further their agenda and they just look like trash now. I don't know. Do you agree? Well, I agree because I just don't think um, it's appropriate to be using somebody who can't, like, you know. Well, didn't yeah. know he was going to die. <laughs> what? It, well, but he did die. And so, like, I don't know. I just feel like you can't. No, but you don't know. you think, if say he was still alive, don't you think, like, if he was still alive, none of those factors would change. And so, to me, it's still trash. But I think, like, for example, like, Mary, Mary's alive and she chose not to go to the reunion and they mm-hmm. still have a conversation about her, right? But at the end of the day, she can still tweet or Instagram or hold a press conference or whatever she wants to do to be like, whatever the women said at this reunion is complete lies. And even if it isn't, like, you know, she, can, she has a right to reply at some point. Like, Cameron... We will never get his side of the story now. And it's the same, like, when Whitney was like, Cameron was ready to come out about Mary and Cosby, and I think they were having an affair. It's like, whoa, like, lady, like, you need to shut the fuck up. But what, so this is what I'm saying to you, though, is that what we did, what, what we saw of Cameron, of when Cameron was able to tell his own story, to me, Cameron didn't really say anything to us that was damaging, particularly about Mary. It just came off like he'd been part of her congregation. It didn't work out. The lies or things that have been alleged and disseminated or things that have been kind of debunked are things that the women have said. They're things that Lisa have said and they are things that Whitney have said. And they they said it when he was alive. And, I mean, this last point Whitney has now said at the reunion with Cameron passed away and to me that's what shows that these women are trash I think that they should have got Mary's mum out and just pretended it was Miriam Cosby because they look the same and they sound the same <laughs> Jesus Christ talk about ethics talk about QAnon you're starting a whole new conspiracy theory that have you seen you know Mary and her mum in the same place at the same time. Maybe they are the same person. Like, well, I mean, have you ever? Because Do you know who I, you sound like right now? Whitney. Whitney. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the fact that you knew who you sounded like, Patrizio, no. But I, I will say that I don't feel that, that... I feel that they haven't gone too low on Cameron. The only thing that has come out as looking as low is the two of them. Mm. I mean, yeah, even the whole, like, Lisa Barlow thing, 
I don't think she, I don't think she purposefully fabricated how much money he donated. I think that was an actual like misunderstanding because I think the story now is that Cameron had bought a $300,000 property. So there was obviously a mortgage of that, but he must have, you know, either, you know, taken out a little bit more on the mortgage to donate some money, but it was like nowhere near that, that amount. No, I think that the, the thing is that he remortgaged his home and gave like, $1,500 $1,500 or thirteen or $3,000 as tidings to the church, which is like, okay, that is a lot of money for a lot of people. Like for me, that's a lot of money. Um, but he chose to do that. Like he didn't have to do that. But it's, it, he, it's very different from somebody giving you $300,000. And I think for what's happening now though in the court of Meredith Marks because that's essentially what this reunion is is that she's building this case right against Lisa being kind of hyperbolic and Lisa coming for her for really like the, the things aren't adding up like Lisa coming for her so hard when Meredith hasn't really done anything that bad to her and it's stacking up that I guess I would say at this point, Lisa is not a credible witness. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the court of Meredith Marks. Um, because it's in session, honey. She was, she was gathering her evidence from her witnesses. Mm-hmm. They were on the stand under oath and Meredith was prepared. And, well, this is why, you know, you never put the accused on the stand. <laughs> Anna Delvey did not go on the stand. Do you know what I mean? Like there is a reason why you don't put them on the stand. You see what happens? You put Lisa on the stand, it's unraveling. Well, I just love how literally she's just like, Lisa, on this occasion, did I have your back? And what does Lisa say? Well, the worst part, I think, is on the first one, she, I think, like, looks at Meredith and is like, yeah, you have my back. And then the second time it happens, she couldn't even, like, look at Meredith. She has to say to, like, Andy, like, yes, she did. Like, <laughs> because, because she figured it out. And then the, then the stuff coming out about Cameron, where she's like, was Cameron on your board? It's a yes on, was he on the board? Once again, yes on, she's asking the good, close questions. And she's, Lisa is getting tripped up and Lisa is like panicky. So I just want to say it's not an attack. It's not an attack. It's just facts. I tip it like what just on this whole board member thing or not, I didn't understand what the, like, what is the relevance? So the relevance is that Lisa had no relationship with Cameron. They were not friends beforehand. She brought Cameron on the show specifically to go after Meredith and Mary's relationship and to call, call credibility about Mary into question. Like, she was, she had a plan of attack. And she had to find a way for them to have a, for her and Cameron to have a relationship. Like, they couldn't just be... She could have just met him on the street. So when they were doing the Fresh Wolf event that was for that charity, she said that Cameron was a board member of that charity. All the board members were invited and he wasn't. She brought him on the show specifically to, uh, for, for this agenda that she had running. So it, that, that was the issue is like, you know, you can't just bring people out of thin air. You've got to, you've got to figure out what the, 
the line is. And they just didn't have a relationship before. Interesting. Okay. Which, and- can I just say again, speaks to Lisa's inauthenticity. <sighs> Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. Okay, That's what, what I if- mean. She's, she's not good at the game. She just should give up and be who she really is. Like she should just be hot mic Lisa all the time and people will love her. Do you think that she called Meredith to express sorrow? I think she tried. I think Meredith blocked her. I think <laughs> the reunion is the first time that Lisa has had access to Meredith um, since the episode. Because, again, they watched that episode the night before. And I'm telling you, like, Lisa would have called her straight away. Lisa was all over social media straight away trying to tell everyone, you know, what was going on. And Meredith has had has totally cut her off and was waiting for the reunion to take her down. Yeah, I just I like this whole thing around like um I I messaged you three days before my dad died to say that he was dying and then you didn't contact me for two days after he died and then Lisa Barlow, I don't know if you saw this this week, but Lisa and Meredith were both like posting the receipts on their Twitters and, like, you know, Lisa posted that she did actually send a condolence message on the day of Meredith's father's death. Like, it just became a whole... It's become a whole thing. Like, I I don't know. Like, personally, I feel like Meredith... No, I'm not going to say she's either wrong here, but I do think that Lisa did make some attempt. But I will say that I also think that Lisa is the kind of girl that was, like... You know, like, yeah, I called her and it went to voicemail and therefore, like, I've tried kind of thing. Whereas Meredith is the kind of girl that would be like, you need to keep calling until I answer. Yeah. So this is, this kind of speaks to this whole, the whole, aside from the, in like, Lisa being fake, the other huge thing that is a premise amongst all of the women is this idea of being a good friend, right? Like, so, like, there's Lisa being a good friend to Jenny to um, to Jen. Like, when she gives that disclaimer, saying that it's controversial to be Jen's friend, and Jen's like, "Why do you have to give a disclaimer about being my friend?" Like, all of those little things are so significant. Each and every one of them, their whole issue is around who is the better friend, and they. That's why, like, even with Mary, that was the whole thing. It's like. I'm a better friend. Like, why are you defending Mary? I'm your better friend. Like, as adults, nobody is a good friend. Like, we all need to just lean into that because we all have our own lives. We have so many other competing priorities. Friends are fabulous, but these are friends for a reality show. Like, none of these women are priority numero uno for each other at all. Let it go. I just feel that Moshe expectation leads to disappointment. I mean, spoken like a true Torian. I the only thing that I really loved in this whole segment about the whole like, you know, memorial shit was that when like Heather was like, Yeah, Lisa messaged me like three days after my dad died and was like, Hope he's feeling better soon. Oh like, yeah. Which <laughs> Do you want to know something? I was like, Heather, you didn't have to say that because two, like, that is definitely something Lisa would do, but not because 
not because she doesn't care. So, I, you know, I am not a Lisa Barlow fan, but I think we can all equate from Lisa Barlow. She's a really frantic and frenetic person. Like she's always doing 700 things at once. Her and Heather are not super close friends. So she's not across every single thing. So she just probably just got her, like to me, that is like she got her wires crossed and just didn't double check. She probably heard he was sick and just didn't know that he had died. Like to me, I felt I felt like that was genuine human error. And I actually felt when Heather brought that up that that was really petty. It was funny, but to me, that is that's not something that I think you can like assassinate her character on. And I, I like you know how I feel about Lisa Barlow. I'm sorry for wanting Lisa just to be the ultimate villain here, but I actually do want her to reach out to people after like their loved ones have died and just be like, hope they're feeling better soon. No. Wait, well, lean I think, in. I think lean you, in. Just, you just said something that is like so specific is that Le- there is this want and this need for Lisa Barlow to be the ultimate villain. And it's, you know what, you know what it is? It's one of those things where like, like we all love to have a villain on a Housewives franchise. But the thing about Lisa is that like, she really doesn't want to wear the villain hat. You know, like somebody like Kenya will wear the villain and then they become like the lovable villain. Like Lisa is not leaning into the, what do you call it? The, the character that she's been given and she's like fighting it too much. The problem is, though, that, like, unfortunately, Lisa is just, like, unfortunately, she just, she lends herself to being a villain. Like, and not just because she does this shit of, like, yeah, you know, (laughs) the text message with the Lego and, like, the... the Talking about herself in the third person. It's just, like, what was that moment, like, when... They were like to her, um, like, whatever you're trying to say is not landing. And she's like, well, it's landing for me. That's what I mean. Like, shit like that. Like, she, she is, she, you know what it is, is that she's, like, so serious. Like, she literally cannot see herself at all. She has, like, no self-awareness whatsoever. And for me, it's like, those are the moments that we love her the most, like when she does shit like that, right? Like it's so funny. And if only she would just lean into it. But instead she fights it so hard that she just ends up coming off worse. I just love the fact that Andy Cohen read <laughs> the entire hot mic quote. Have like... you seen it on social media as well? And it's got all the, like, they've added their own captions with, like, emojis and stuff. And it makes it so much funnier. I have not seen this, actually. Um, I actually think it's, like, right up there with, like, the Erica Jane, like, Tom Crush's car. Like, (laughs) his house got broken into. Like, it's up there now. Like. It is so iconic. But, and, like, this is the thing. It's, like. Lisa, lean in. These are the moments that, like, these are the moments that change a housewife, completely change a housewife. You know, like, she's starting 
like this so like whenever they just fully go full unhinged like you need to lean into it but you can see like obviously she's allowed to be upset that she said it like you can regret saying it but honey we need to find out where that came from we need to unpack it well it's because she heard that meredith was speaking poorly of about her house, which like let's be honest that is the dumbest thing i have ever heard that was so practiced and so rehearsed it's like to me it's still not enough like once again lisa barlow is talking shit like just admit that like you were at breaking point. You had had enough. You'd been sat at this dinner. You felt like your friend didn't have your back. You felt like you like she, you feel like there's all these expectations being put on you that you're being narrated all the time and all this stuff. Like, just call it out. Like, you lost your mind because you were so angry and you were so upset. I think, like, Meredith pretty much summed it up as well. Like, the content. Like, whatever. Like, you think I fucked up in New York? Like, great, if that's what you think. Maybe I have. But, like, it is. It was in the delivery. It was, like, intentional. It was venomous. It was, like, said to have an impact. And that's what's, like, you know, not okay in Meredith's eyes. Um, and, and I agree with that. But I think, like, I like Lisa, like... You sh- that was a moment of vulnerability from Lisa as well, showing us, like, how mad she was and how angry she was. And, like, fucking own it. I hate to be Lisa Rinna here, but, like, own that you were so upset. And you know what the other thing is? Like, Lisa is constantly, this is what happens, like, for me, she's constantly, you know, wearing a mask and trying to do all of these things. But this is going to happen. She's going to, like, blow her top and it's not going to land well she needs to just like fucking stop and breathe i mean to be honest if she keeps going this way she just shouldn't be on housewives she's not she's not being true enough well and i think the other thing we see as well is how she tries to like deeply control the narrative too like every time they go on break she's like always like attempting to like talk to Meredith and kind of be like you know she jumps in at that one point to say like yeah it was actually because of your house renovations coming and like oh actually can we talk about this and like you know she's done it all season as well like she's always been having important conversations off camera like, that's so true, actually, right? Like, when she went into Mary's room that time to have that conversation. I mean, she needs to stop trying to produce her own show and realise that she's a cast member on this show and have those conversations in front of the fucking camera. Well, I think you said it last week. She needs to obviously get a new producer because she's, like, her producer is, like... I think loving like what Lisa's giving because you know when she gets like we thought that she had a walk off maybe at one point in the reunion but actually it was in the break time and she's going over to her trailer and she's like on the phone to her producer being like you knew what you were doing when you put that in there like now they're all going to use it against me and blah 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 like do you know what the other thing is like I just think about it as a producer not that I am one but in my mind I am um What's happening with Lisa is because she is doing all this, trying to produce all this other stuff, they're going to edit, they're going to show the stuff like that she doesn't want them to show because the stuff that they do want to show, she's making sure that they can't show it. Do you know what I mean? 
And so they're going to fuck you up. Like that's, that's the way it goes because I, I just don't think that, I think that the producer is probably trying to produce Lisa and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually going to do my own thing. Like she, I think that she is, she would be really hard to produce. Whereas somebody like Whitney, she's like a golden retriever. If you understand about dogs, then you know what I just said. Like literally just tell her something and she'll repeat it. Like, so. <laughs> um, I guess we still have like one more part to this reunion and I'm assuming it's probably going to be very gen heavy. They've got the husbands coming out, mm-hmm. but like, where do you think this leaves Meredith and Lisa? Look, they're both kept returning to do the show, but their friendship is done. Like everything that we see now is for the show. Um, I think no woman on that show trusts Lisa Barlow, like none of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, th- and this is the issue that I kind of have with any sort of new franchise that starts now of Housewives is the format is so well known. It's so popular. There's not really much anyone can do anymore that's going to be groundbreaking. So what we're seeing is is trumped up. It's all acting, like nothing's real anymore. And I guess for me, that like that's something I just have had to reconcile with. And so I'm just going to lean into it that like none of this is real, but at least you're entertaining. Well, Moshi, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, let's talk more reunion from the Rehazos. I can't do it this week. I just, I cannot sing the song. I'm just, Miami. <laughs> thank you. You're going to have to do it. Um, and we'll also talk about the Real Housewives of New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. All right, we'll be back. And we're back, Moshi, from the break. Talking part one of the season four reunion of the Real Housewives of Miami. Thank you. <laughs> um, wow. I mean, I feel like this reunion is different in a few ways um, to what we normally see mm-hmm. um, a reunion to be. It seems a bit more fun. There was a bit more, like, off-camera action, I feel. Um, but I just want to start with the pre-show because before we even get to the reunion, um, we get to see, first of all, three of the ladies flying in the private jet to the reunion. That is Nicole, Adriana and Julia. Um, but we only get to see the private jet, Moshi. And you will remember, like, weeks ago, we discussed the fact that we saw uh, Alexia, Marisol and Lisa coming out of, like, the, the airport, the New York airport when they're mm-hmm. first clearly flying commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it was a little shady to show the, the, the private jet footage? I mean, I think everything that is done on this show, like everything that we're seeing is designed to show a point of view and shade is the name of the game with housewives and with these production companies, like that is what they are known for. That is why we want them to get the Emmys. Do you think that like Nicole invited more people on the private jet? No. I love that. Well, who, who would she have invited? 
Where's Kiki? Kiki's not there. Kiki would have been invited. I mean, maybe Gertie was invited. What's up with that? Like, but I don't know. Maybe everyone forgot Gertie because she was a little forgettable. <laughs> um, I thought next we see like Nicole asking Julia like how she managed to wrangle the seat next to Andy and I mean the way that she spoke for all of us. Thank you it is the question we were all asking and when I saw that I felt vindicated because we all spoke about it once we got the seating arrangements we were all a little bit like excuse me and to be honest Nicole worked her ass off for a seat next to Andy and she didn't get it. Uh, If I was Nicole I'd be feeling pissed. I like Look, there's only two seats next to Andy. Like, obviously not everyone can get it, but Nicole did not deserve to be on the end of the couch. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yes. Can I, you know, this week at work, we, it's, it's, we've had a lot of like end of financial year celebrations and there's been a lot of like awards going around, you know, just like those like best in class, blah, blah, just like shitty awards. And I was nominated for a few. And there was one award, like, that I didn't win in the end. It didn't matter because I won, like, the better award. But when they announced who the winner was, I was like, that's actually bullshit. <laughs> and in that moment, I felt like Nicole. Like, imagine, like, fucking doing, like, do- doing everything that's asked for you and then, like, not being invited for a seat at the table. All I can think of is Andy doesn't like her for some reason. Really? Do you think so? Oh, well, I think he just, I think the reason why um, Julia got the seat next to him is gay rights. Gay rights. I mean, it, honestly, it's, it's the, little, the least we could do for gay rights. Um, I don't know if you cop this during that episode, actually, but like Andy, I think during one of the breaks, asked Julia if she thinks that Martina would mm. join Julia on an episode of Watch What Happens Live, which obviously ended up happening. I don't yes. know if you ended up watching that episode. I haven't watched it, but I know it happened. But yeah. that's what I mean. Like, Andy is gay rights. He's a huge fan, right? Well, I think it's, to me, it's not just, like, gay rights and Julia. It's the Martina. Martina Robidoff. Like. Patricia, when I heard that Martina Navarroa was going to be on this season, my mum does not watch Housewives at all. She's never gotten into it. But my mum is tennis rights. And I grew up on Martina Navarroa and I was like, mum, Martina Navarroa is going to be on Housewives. Like, I'm telling you, there are a lot of people who would have tuned in because of Martina Navarroa. I don't know, like, I guess you have to be really into tennis to fully understand it. But she's like a fucking god. Like, she's, yeah, way up there. Yeah, I mean, I personally don't follow tennis. You, but but you're, you're also just too young, I think. Even if you had followed tennis, I think you would be just too young and you missed, like, the buzz of her. you got to be from the other side of the Berlin Wall. A hundred percent. And, you know, I've told you this story that my mum was on the other side of the Berlin Wall. She was there. Did she? Did she dismantle the first brick from the Berlin Wall? One hundred percent. Um. So yeah, definitely. Look, gay rights. Julia, front seat. Ask the question we all were wondering. Um, Lisa, of course, is running late, and it's not her fault. <laughs> she must point out. 
the way that Andy was not going to allow her to put on her jewellery either. Oh, 100%. But I understand the jewellery thing, though, because it, I think it causes some issues with the sound. Well, it also completes your look, so, you know. Can just <laughs> well, I mean, Jen have to remove her gloves, let's be honest. Um, and when we start out with a tequila shot, very Miami. Because who was it that had said they feel they felt like they wanted a shot? Somebody said well, it. Larsa needed the shot so she yes. could warm up a bit. And Andy was it. like, why not? But, it, but we spoke about Miami last week, you know, things that they've done with it that are different. So I think, why not? I think overall as well, there was just so much backstage footage. I feel like there was a lot more than we usually would get. There was a lot of conversations that continued on in these like trailers. Yeah. Um, it's because these women are never off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're the complete opposite of Lisa Barlow. Is like what we see is definitely their most authentic selves. And it's so iconic because they're that way all the time that you have to capture every little part of it also it's been eight years in between drinks well not for marisol with her eight liter starbucks cup that <laughs> consistently requires pee pee breaks <laughs> <laughs> oh but i think i think andy does had done did like a long intro like that with the women of potomac as well i think when it's women who he really likes I think he goes the extra mile. Oh, I think Miami has solidified itself. I mean, it was already iconic, but like they could have just shown us a toenail, and it would have, they would have solidified themselves, Patrizia. They were fabulous. Do you, do you reckon it will get like? Do you think there's a world in which like franchises get upgraded from Peacock onto Bravo? Like, are they going to look back on this and be like, "Why is no, this Peacock?" Because the because it's not. It's up to NBC and the production company that's doing it is with is like Peacock branded and it's about like where they're gonna get the most money. Bravo is dying. Like it's not it's 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 part of basic cable now. You know what I mean? Peacock oh, is actually No, no, that's what it's called. Like basic cable. Where like if you go if you go and get like a cable plan, it's on the entry level plan, right? Because really, have you ever just watched, have you been to, the, like, I know you've been to the States, but have you been to the States and had Bravo on? I mean, I just remember going the last time I went to the States, it was just back to back episodes. That's what of, I mean. Of um, Below Deck. Okay. So they literally have like 10 shows in their roster and they just show them all on repeat for like the whole week. Like, there's, there's not, like, you know, it's Project Runway, it's, Bra- it's Housewives. It's below deck. It's top chef. Like there's not really a lot of other content there. Whereas Peacock has, is a whole universe. Like it's got all other shows. It's not, it's not part of basic cable, honey. It's part of streaming. It's like this new generation, it's elevated. So it would be going backwards. That would, to me, going on to Bravo is the demotion. You are Moshi and you approve this message. Um, I just like the last sort of like, you know, thing, um, fun thing to talk about, I think is, um, we get those before and after photos of confessionals from the early seasons till now. I mean, these women. (laughs) Um, We knew, we, we knew it, but to call it out. 
So I think I was really happy to hear that Lisa thinks that she's used too much filler this season and she's starting to melt it away. Yeah, because she can't open her eyes. Her cheeks are so pushed up. No, no, she has, like, that much filler in her cheeks and stuff that, like, she literally cannot open. Like, her eyes never look open. They just, they just, yeah, they never look open. But I thought she was, out of all the women that they showed, I think she kind of looked the same. (laughs) No, no, she definitely looked worse to me. But more or less the same. More or less the same. Well, I also think Alexia looks better now than she did then. Mm-hmm. She she dropped her nose. Her nose used to be up more. Um, observant. Oh, I mean, I, I'm observant of about the Cuban Barbie. Like, I'm obsessed with Alexia. Um, her face, I think, looks so much better now. The big discussion, obviously, <laughs> though. Oh. <laughs> Don't be asinine, okay? <laughs> <laughs> was around uh, Larsa and her ass. Um, the way that she's a completely she... different face. The <laughs> nose, because she had that nose job, she looks different. She, I, you know what? I, this is my argument with a lot of like these women that, like, yeah, they've had some work done, but a lot of it is like eyebrows, hair, and like makeup. And just and time as well. Like oh yeah, it's different. I I yeah, like like I said, I think Alexia looks better now. Um, but the other thing is like that they had had so much work done then. Also, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, like Lisa, for instance. But yeah, let's talk about Lars's ass. So the way that she just flat flat out just denies having done anything to it, um, like I'm sorry, I'm definitely on team. Lars has had her ass done. I agree I... with Adriana. It's the shape. It's the way that the thighs and the butt are just two different like things coming together. I don't think they are though. Like I think that her. Like I like she to me she doesn't have a Kim Kardashian butt because the Kim Kardashian butt is like almost like the Nicki Minaj butt. It's like big round butt and then like tiny little sticks coming out from her legs. But like I look at Lass's legs and they look in proportion to her body. Doesn't mean that she hasn't had like a tummy tuck or she hasn't had like I think what she's actually had done is the surgery where they like actually just get the waist taken in and she's also worn um the waist trainers the corsets so I think her waist has changed but I and I'm sure she does like sculpting to like smooth her butt but I can see it being mostly real it doesn't look like a BBL to me I think she's I mean look I think she's had a bit of a BBL probably not as much as her dear friend Kim Kardashian but she's had something done I mean, I don't know. She's, she's ethnic, though. She could have a butt. I think it's enhanced. But anyway, what about her baby talk? That was the other thing that I had not really clocked, that she kind of has this same sort of, like, way that she speaks that is very Kardashian-esque. The L.A. That L.A. cadence. Oh, and that's it's what I just cadence. thought. I'm like, that's how all the girlies sound out that way. And that's that's what I got it through. But I always think she's always been softly spoken, though. 
Yes, I agree. I think I think it's just it's an easy thing for Adriana just to be like, you just want to look and sound like Kim Kardashian, and you will never be Kim Kardashian. No, I agree. But you you know, so here's the other thing is that like over the last couple of episodes, Lassa has kind of won me over because I think she's just like really real. She's like. I'm a single woman living in this world. This is what the economy is like now. And yes, the economy exists this way because of women like Kim Kardashian. And I'm 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 just following the status quo. Like she she's 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 very honest about the fact that she's like not groundbreaking. Like she's not here to crash like to break the glass ceiling. She's here to like make the most of whatever it is. Like if things were a different way and it was, like, the popular option was to, like, I don't know, cover up, like, say it was, like, the complete opposite, she would do that. She's a follower, like, and I, and I don't think, she, and I think she she owns that she's a follower. She's, like, just trying to get by. That's literally her whole thing is, like, I'm just trying to get by. Like, don't hate me because I'm getting, I'm doing it and I'm doing it well. Like, don't hate me. Like, and but I'll be really honest, that's also the thing that I hate about Lassa is that, like, she has no distinct personality. Do you know what I mean? She literally just absorbs whatever is happening and that's just what she does. That's sad to me. But I don't know. I think, like, the world that she lives in as well, it's sort of like, what other option do you have? No, but you, you can. You can still be a force to be reckoned with. And I'm, I think that's the actual Kardashian argument is that although they've built this aesthetic, whatever, they are setting the tone, they're leading and you're choosing to kind of follow. And I think that that's the conversation that Adriana should have with her. And that's not the way Adriana's going about it. Like, don't talk down to her. She's not doing anything wrong, but maybe find a way to uplift her um, and like tell her that like, she doesn't actually like, she can do her own things and she should like blaze her own trail. Oh my God, blaze her own trail. What? I don't know who I am. <laughs> um, well, let's get into some of this drama um, with Larsa, Adriana and Adriana's representative. Julia. Um, <laughs> thanks, thanks for clarifying because it wasn't obvious, but um, look, this whole like OnlyFans thing as well comes out. <laughs> And the fact that, like, you know, it's Larsa does Julie does OnlyFans, but like Adriana is out with her titties out, like as much as she can. Um, she is Adriana. I mean, she's always been a bit of a fire starter. Like, she is always been very flirtatious. But the fact that when she's like, well, like. I get my tits out for free and it's fun. Whereas you're trying to get like cash for like foot photos. I'm like, I don't know. Like what is the moral equivalent? Like, I just think it's like Adriana needs to stop. I think Adriana needs to stop. But I also think like, how dumb are you getting your tits out for free when you could be getting paid for it? Well, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, you're the fool who's out there. like, and in a way, also, I just want to say, if you're like pulling a salary from the show, in a way, you are being paid. Like, you, 
you've been given $10,000 an episode, let's say, and you, what you're choosing to do with that money to earn that money is to get your tits out because you think it's going to be good TV. Like Where you and I, we see each other, Patrizio. Right? It's just, I don't know. I just don't. And Larsa, I will actually give her the fact that although she is very, you know, um, like, body proud I was like what's the term that we would use but like body positive she's very body positive but at the same time she is never like fully exposed it's never actually like tits are just out or ass is just like a tiny little thong she's always covered a little bit and I agree with Andy as well that like I when I thought about it too if Larsa was dropping like x-rated content on her OnlyFans like full naked those pics would be online. We would have seen them. It's so easy on, like, one of these platforms to just screenshot and then post online and then they would be out there. So clearly Larsa is either has fans that are paying for her content that are extremely, like, loyal to her that they, like, will never screenshot and post or, like, it just doesn't exist. Well, I think Larsa shared her target audience with us, like, these are men who are lonely, who are doing like lonely jobs. Like she said, you know, it's a trucker and they're on the road. Like they're paying to have a conversation with a woman. Like, you know, like phone sex, those phone lines existed for years and it was people who are lonely. You just want to talk to somebody. Like they might not ever have access to somebody who looks like Lhasa IRL, but she's giving them an opportunity I'm shrugging my shoulders for because people can't see. I'm just saying, like, she has a very specific target demographic. Like, lean into it, sis. Do you think that Larsa will end up dating one of those truckers or commercial no, officers? Of like, the way that she tries to convince us all that, like, she's maybe she will. It's like, sweetie, no, like you're not. What she's, but what she's trying to say when she does that is she's just calling out our own hypocrisy and our own judgmentalness. Like, Lhasa is literally so easy breezy, just, like, going through the motions of life. It's not that what she's, she's telling us, like, guys, it's literally not that big of a deal. And she's right. What about then the tea that she drops about Adriana's boyfriend who actually has an alleged girlfriend, but not Adriana? Because he's backstage, and I love that we got the backstage shot as well. Like, you know, he's, like, sitting in the trailer waiting for them to come on the break. But, like, I can I'm sure he does. I I 100% believe it. Like, if you're going to withhold sex for four months, you're going to get it somewhere else. Yeah, but I also think that, Adriana's pretty poly. I'm not looking at her and Jacob and being like, that's her, like, numero uno. Like, let's be honest, she's just having fun. Um, but I think this all leads into this whole fact that, like, it's definitely, like, Julia and Adriana versus Larsa. And Larsa is, like, Larsa is prepared. She is ready that she knows that this is going to happen. Of course she does. They haven't tried to hide it. And it's it's... But it's also just really dumb. I just love how Lars is like not giving a fuck at this point with Julia. And she's just like, come on, like, let's do this. But like, let's also like be honest. Like, what does Larsa literally have to lose? Nothing. Nothing. 
she's not that pressed. They are so, this is what always happens. When you have somebody who just like doesn't really care, is so indifferent, is just like easy breezy. Like Laza is rich. She is conventionally attractive and she's just literally living her best fucking life. Like she can't get pressed by these people. Well, she got 50% of that Pippin money. She Mate. earned it. Well, I I very much think that she earned it as well. Have you ever watched Wags, Patrizia? Or Basketball Wives? No. Or Hollywood Exes? You need to watch these shows that are based around specifically women who are the wives of, like, ultra celebrities or sports stars and the shit that they go through. They earn every fucking dollar and then some. Well, speaking of Julia, um, I feel like this reunion, we finally kind of got answers that we were looking for that kind of like we touched Mm -hmm. on during the season but never actually like really dug in. And I feel like, you know, the whole thing around her son. um, And her, her baby daddy. I ended up reading all about that. Right. So I is this is this another reason why she gets the seat next to Andy? No, no, she 100% gets the seat next to Andy because of gay rights. Like, I firmly believe that. And also because they couldn't put Adriana up the top because she's a friend of. Okay. Um, did you realise that Julia and Gertie's, like, disagreement over like when this whole story came out on the show did you realize it ran so deep because like Gertie was like very emotional about how much she may have upset Julia oh I had no idea I don't I didn't even remember that scene but I that has a lot to do with the fact that we only got 12 episodes and the focus was like very much on Alexia or it was very much on Nicole like there's obviously so much that didn't make the cut, right? Otherwise we would have seen the whole thing where they go through it, they have a conversation again and they make up. So I think it felt right that it got as emotional as it did on the sh- on at the reunion just because we didn't get to see it on the show. I was just like, wow, Gertie probably had a lot of, like, things that happened to her that just <laughs> did not... Did they weren't interesting enough, 100%. Um, although, like, look... The story about her son and her baby daddy and this other woman was very compelling. It is, like, real tea. It, like, Julia has been through something Mm -hmm. extremely traumatic. More than one thing. Oh, yeah. But this, you know, just the death of her son and the fact that, like, her baby daddy was, like, then murdered. I, you know what, because I think I've done the same thing as you. Like, read, did you read the Wikipedia page afterwards? I read about him. I was really interested to know who he was. Well, did you read the part that he was in a full latex suit with a dildo inside of him? Like, wild. Well, I mean, that's just the kink. Where is the Hallmark movie is my question. It's it's R-rated. Uh, anyway, Julia is just like it was just I was all it was compelling viewing. It it I think you know, Julia is she's she's the generation just before the oligarchs came 
in terms of Russia. So, so like she was doing the pageants when like the girls in the Soviet Union, um, they had to do those shows to get out of those countries, right? It was the, this was like one of their only pathways. It was like, particularly if you're a beautiful girl, um, you know, you needed to find your way out. And a lot of these women, you know, they have, I mean, a lot of people just in general, obviously, you know, she's, she's, I think we can probably safely say that she had, has been through a lot of trauma and, you know, was finding herself drawn to dangerous men, men that she shouldn't be with all because she craved a certain type of security or she craved something. And then I think for Julia, the thing that happened that really changed her is motherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, motherhood gave her a different purpose. Um, and, I, and, you know, I think that kind of also speaks to why she's ended up having different children with every man that she's been with because, you know, one of the things is, you know, potentially I'm just therapizing now out of nowhere, but one of the things is finding yourself in a relationship with somebody who you, you don't want to be with, but you need to kind of justify why have I put, why have I been with this person? You know, what, what was the intention? Surely I must have loved them. Um, and then, you know, if you have a child with them, especially if you're somebody who just longs to be a mother and you just want to be a mom, you know, it kind of validates perhaps the sacrifices that you've made yourself for, a, for being with somebody who you just didn't want to be with, you know, it, it, and, and I don't think that that's a bad thing necessarily. I think we, we see that Julia has beautiful children who um, her daughters, you know, they're, they're fine. They're living their best lives. They have supportive fathers. Um, but yeah, I think, I think for Julia, you know, motherhood is one of the things that gives her purpose, similar to why we see her so grounded when she's farming, when she's with her animals. You know what I mean? She needs something to keep her grounded. Otherwise she she might go and do things that are dangerous well and animals they love you unconditionally right 100 percent, same like children but you know i would i would say that adriana is dangerous and i feel like adriana no no i don't mean that in a bad way but i mean like adriana is is that side of herself you know like you can never fully lose who you are but adriana is like a safe way to have license to kind of do the things that aren't super safe because Martina is a fucking rock, yeah. right? Martina is hardcore security. But when you want to remind yourself that you, you're a little bit rock and roll still, it's so good to have a, a girlfriend like Adriana. There's a lot going on there. This is just me therapizing Julia based off like one scene. <laughs> Not one scene. <laughs> oh. Um... I guess this, like, part of the reunion starts to close out with, like, the drama between Marisol and Nicole. (laughs) And I just, I don't know. It's just a lot of bullshit. It is a lot of bullshit. I don't think Nicole does herself any favours, and I'm not saying that she has to. Like, she doesn't need to bow down to the OGs, but it's just, like... You need to give a little bit. There is some respect due. What was Alexia's quote as well? Like, your, like, bad memory is not as 
like it's not as bad as my honesty or whatever it is what was that like oh because she's she's can she remembers that alexia definitely said that marisol married got married for the show or whatever because i believe unfortunately i do believe a lot of what nicole said that she went out for dinner with alexia alexia gave her the tea on all the women and how it's all gonna work and how it's all gonna go down and i'm sure she said some bullshit about marisol yeah, I, I, but you know what the thing is? It's like there's what people say verbatim and what their intention is and then there's like what you take from that. And I, I guess the thing that we often see in Housewives is your context is always lost because what you said is always going to be used against you based on how it works mm-hmm. in the scene and how it works to further somebody else's own situation, which I also think is exactly what's happened to Nicole. She has made some off-the-cuff comments with friends and they've, again, sent it back to Marisol. Marisol has no idea of the context and she's going to use it based on her own agenda. I just love how everyone agreed that Lisa's house was cheaply made with Chinese tiles. I think, you know what it is? What I think, what I think, like, Nicole is the new type of Miami. Do you know what I mean? She is the new school. She's not, she is still ultra wealthy, but she's not like living in like the condo that like Alexia is living in that is like super shiny. You know, there was a time like Lisa lives on that island or whatever, which is like where the richest people in America like live, right? And it's like people don't aspire to anymore. Like that house is maybe dated now. And um, Nicole has that new, you know, ultra chic, you know, she's an architectural digest because her house is like, it's this new style of modern, right? Like she is contemporary. You even see it in the way she's dressed compared to the other women. You know, she didn't show up in a, in a shiny gown. She's like sleek. I think she's wearing Versace or something. Like it's probably just as, if not more expensive than what they're wearing, but it's different. You know what I mean? And that's the new Miami. I will say that um, I have just restarted watching from season one Miami again. Nice. And there is like a huge emphasis. And I think this is like probably just like old school housewives too, because this is like late 2000s um, on where they all live as well. And like they always talk about living in like Coral Gables. Correct. And I just feel like that's just not a thing anymore. So I definitely see what you're saying that like, yeah, she is new guard. She's like, you know, new money in a way as well. And like, you know, it is very, very different. Um, but this is this is the reason why Leah Black is. So there was a, a poll done this week, um, I think on the Bravo Housewives Instagram, which was, oh no, it was um, our Real Housewives of Miami um, franchise Instagram. And she asked if you could have any past former housewife come back, who would you have? And, you know, I said Leah and there was a lot of us. I think Leah was overwhelming. But the more I think about it, like Leah has made the complete right choice because she was a housewife for then. She's not a housewife for now. Yeah, she just wouldn't fit in, I think, with these new women either. It's why we have, it's why we have issues with Ramona. She's a housewife for then. She's not a housewife for now. But I will say, I think that the Housewives of Miami are women of reinvention. And I feel like a lot of them still, like Alexia is a housewife for then and now. 
Yes, but I'm just thinking like you call it reinvention. I just am just like new plastic surgery. <laughs> I mean, but Alexia is still has her same antiquated, um, you know, belief systems and she's still like, you know, ultra traditional and things like that. She just is hot. Okay, I've got one last question for you. Oh, shit. If you were friends with Lisa... Would you get your boobs done by Lenny the Boob God? Yes. I get it. I don't know if I want my, my friend's husband looking at my tits. It's it's literally in Miami everybody is naked. All the to be honest, all the tits look the same. When you when you work with tits, like who gives a fuck? And to be honest, if I'm getting my tits done by Lenny, the boob god, it's because I want everyone to see them. So everyone's husbands are seeing them. You know what? That comment just makes me think there is not enough nudity on this show. The sun is going down. It's almost after dark. <laughs> no, I, I think there is. They just, they don't, they just edit it out. <laughs> oh, all right, Moshi. Next week, we've got the final part of the reunion. I mean, 12 episodes, two parts. That's all you get. They've done it right. But let's get into Real Housewives of New Jersey. It's season 12, episode number six. Um, look, it's all about family, Moshi. Still, we're 12 seasons in and it's still all about family. It's about respect. It's about respect. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm loving you doing accents. And impersonations. New Jersey. Oh, I feel like it's culturally appropriate for me to do. <laughs> These people are my people. If I was on a franchise of Real Housewives, it would definitely be New Jersey. That's you know what? That's an interesting thought. I mean, am I wrong? Um look. What like what do these people expect from each other? That's my question. Like, what does, like, the fact is, Joe and Melissa demand this level of, like, respect from Teresa for her to cut all ties with Jennifer because Jennifer's talking shit about them. But at the same time, like, Joe and Melissa are just as bad, like, with how they treat Teresa. Sorry. To be honest... They all need to let it go. At this point, they have to just stop wanting this, like, unconditional, unparalleled loyalty from each other. It's, once again, something that maybe made sense, you know, seven seasons ago. It doesn't make sense anymore. Move on. Get over it. I actually think it's really interesting because I feel like normally what would happen in this situation is that when both parents pass, there's no longer the glue that keeps them together and actually they end up just like feuding and ending the relationship. The fact that they're still talking is why. Well, I, they were feuding when their parents were together though. That was so the, the thing that the big driving factor in Joe and Melissa, the, I mean, Joe and Teresa was Joe Judice. You know, the the idea was that he was the one that was actually feeding the the reasons why Teresa, you know, stopped liking Melissa and things like that. I think there's a lot more to it, like particularly when you know that 
you know, Melissa is willing to was, is willing to do anything to be a housewife, right? And and it all comes back to that same thing of Melissa agreeing to be a housewife and not going through Teresa to do it, not being not getting Teresa's blessing and just rocking up like. There's just such a long grudge that, like, none of them are ever truly over. But, you know, there's two things here for me. One is the Jen factor. It's quite clear Joe and Melissa don't like Jen. And, you know, I think we spoke about this last week. I said that there was, like, definitely an agenda to exclude Jen. They want Jen off the show. And to be honest, if you ever want anybody, I guess, fully kicked off the show if you can also get Teresa not to like that person there's no way they're going to stay on the show but at the end of the day Teresa and Jen are friends it just is what it is I don't understand why Teresa likes Jen I don't like her but um I I just think we're going around in circles every season between Joe Melissa and Teresa having the exact same same fight so my question to you Patrizio as somebody who is New Jersey adjacent as you've just shared with us so you have you know um a deeper connection to these people um but also as like a long time fan of this franchise and viewer we're 12 seasons in at what point as a viewer of this show do you just like stop caring about Teresa Joe Melissa and the saga like do you, are you even that engaged in it anymore no no one cares like and the fact is i think that like we've gone on and on about it ourselves like melissa would not be on the show if it wasn't for teresa because Fact. it's the teresa show Fact. the minute teresa decides she's out all these women are going to either lose their income or, like, have one last season because they're not going to be able to sustain it moving forward. Um, I don't really care for any of what Melissa has to show me. Like, the fact that they were, like, building this, like, house again, like... That's all they do is just build new houses every time. And you know what? Today, someone on Instagram posted the story from, like, two years ago where Joe Judice... Um, so Joe Gorga was um, hosting fake, like he had like claimed to have like done houses. Renovated up. houses and he hadn't done it. And it's like, well, like do you blame Jen for calling you a fraud or like what a grifter or whatever he's meant to be? Like, I'm sorry, but like you kind of did it to yourself, mate. Like, Thank you. The, the whole thing is, look. Teresa likes Jen because Jen is a brown nose for Teresa. 100%. And at the end of the day, I think they do share common values as well that, like, Teresa doesn't find her offensive. Like, I think that's the thing. Like, Teresa's the kind of girl that's sort of like, if we're cool, we're cool, but if I don't like you, you are, like, scum of the earth dead to me. And Jen is, like, in the okay bucket. I think it's funny that you said Jen has values. Um because I think that that's what a lot of New Jersey is always about. Like even with Caroline, when Caroline was there, it was always about values, values, values. Family right? values. Yeah. And I'm just going to say something. Oh. Jen, Aiden, no values. Look, she's unconventional. <laughs> it's no, no, she's not unconventional at all. My, she's, she is 
she is caught in a weird position this season. She, you know, has played the game for the last two seasons. She's aligned herself with Teresa from day one and she's she always goes hard. That's her thing is like she always goes hard and she is shady as fuck. She has done shady things to everyone except for Teresa, like all of them. And the fact of the matter is she would cut all of them. Do you know what I mean? She's In many ways she's very similar to Melissa. Once again, and that's probably why there's so much tension between them, once again they would do anything to be on this show. And I think Melissa has finally met somebody who's willing to go lower than her to be on this show, right? And the problem is now for for Jan, it was fun and she was funny before, but now people want to start going in on you and she can't handle it. When I look, when I say she has values, I think like she, she, in terms of her family, obviously she loves her children. She wants everything for her kids. I think, you know, she. But they all do. Yeah, but like she's not some like, you know, monster with no values. I feel like that's how she was being a little bit misconstrued on this podcast. I'm just going to put it out there. Definitely a monster, definitely has no values. Well, who's she, has, the... she has no special values, okay? Let me just put it that way. She she puts herself on a higher pedestal and she needs to plop herself off that pedestal because she's a fucking monster. Okay, well, here's my question for you. Who is more evil, Jen or Bill? I think evil recognises evil and that's why they're so perfect <laughs> together. But who is more evil? Jen. Only because we haven't gone that deep on Bill. I, I just, this whole Bill thing, it's really like taken me for one. Like I was not expecting this to be where this season was going. Like it's not just the takedown of Jen, it's the takedown of Bill. Okay, so let's let's get into what this episode... So basically, the whole thing has always been Jen and Bill. Since the beginning of the season, everything is revolving around um, Margaret. Well, there's two things. There's Louis drama, but then the biggest thing is that um, Margaret has brought out this, this information about an affair that Bill had 10 years ago. And personally, I'm like, it was 10 years ago, Margaret, like fucking move on from it. Like I would have brought it up if Jen had said something about like how perfect her life was, then I would, you know, bring it up in retaliation, but she's brought it out there completely, well, somewhat unprovoked and it's causing a lot of tension and drama. And there's two things that, that is, that Bill is doing. One is like, he is abandoning, you know, Jen. Like he's not, they're not showing strength as a couple when they're around people and they're in situations. Mm-hmm. And then the other side of it is that he is just also just not owning it. Like he's just not being, he's not being, not being a team player. But I guess it all comes to a head in this episode because. I, I think the whole the reason why Bill, like there's so much laser focus on Bill is because we have such a laser focus on the husbands in New Jersey and we've spoken about this. So Bill is also getting his own platform and we are at a husband's boys' night out and it's like 
the cliffhanger of the episode. Patrizio, what the fuck? <laughs> Why? I know we've spoken about the husbands on New Jersey, you know, basically being proper castmates, like hand them a turnpike. But have we ever had a cliffhanger that is like husband drama? I didn't even think of that. All I could think of was just like, what's what's the what's the one? Evan? Jeffy's husband, Evan. Evan. Like, <laughs> what you said was the one. Who is he? Like, so who... no, but both of them. Like, what the fuck? Like, they all need to. Like, you know what they need to do? They need to stay out of women's business. business. I agree. Okay. I will say though. Evan was defending. I I think that Evan, what Evan said wasn't lies and he was responding to what Bill said. And I think they both did the right thing. They stood up for their women and they stood up for their relationships. But you know who, who stirred the pot? It was Joe Gorga with his little fuck you Bill message. Like, hello. What's yeah, that that's, that's hello? bullshit. I'm with you. No, no, he knew exactly what he was doing. Like, that's outrageous behaviour, honestly. Outrageous. Outrageous. <laughs> I'm just like, like, <laughs> it blows my mind. Look, I think what I'm taking from all of this is that Bill, Bill can't, I feel like Bill doesn't want to get involved because one, it's going to escalate things, which Correct. fair enough. Like, I agree that I, a lot of people are giving him, like, you know, it, it was a discussion on The View. In like today's episode, okay, Are they you brought. Fucking up, kidding me! It was That's on ridiculous. the view. They discussed whether like your husband should defend you or not, and like he, if he had gotten in on Melissa and Jennifer, it would have escalated without a doubt, right? So I think he did the right thing in that scenario. But I think the other thing is that if he, for him to defend Jen, he's gonna have to like admit on television to his sings right but he's already admitted it no we haven't have we gotten like an actual like you know you know what 10 years ago i fucked up i cheated on my wife yes a shitty thing to do i mean we're not gonna get it in those words but in this episode one of the things that they share with us like let's just get into the jen and bill of it all is that it's out there and so they have to confront it. And so the first thing that they do is they have to tell their children about it happening because it's going to be out there and they decide that the oldest ones need to know. So they tell Olivia, like he, he's owning it. It, it has happened. He also says it happened to, when he's in, at the boys' lunch. He admits it. He says it happens 10 years ago. But, like, one of the things that we need to sort of say is, like, Bill does not owe any of us an apology he had an affair it doesn't actually change like who he is it might change the way you've perceived him because you've equated whatever you've seen of his like two seconds on television as being like this sort of person but he owes us fucking nothing but I think you know it's all about well why isn't he defending his wife and I feel like the part of that is that like for him to defend his wife he's actually gonna have to like make a full admission like I don't think we've 
and we haven't gotten the full admission on tape and we will never he will never give it because they don't right. want the receipts on camera on film like no nah. so it, i i think the reason why he's not stepping in from jen is what you said is two things firstly what you said before is he he's not about escalating a situation particularly one i agree with you that's going to make him look bad but he already looks bad and i think the second part of it is like he this is the real housewives like that he he's not he's not trying to be about is he's on the wrong housewives because new jersey is the one where the husbands get in for what reason? Oh, because they're pulling a paycheck. Yeah, but but um, yeah, I don't know. It's such a I. There is something about like seeing your partner being dragged, and there's there's two things here: physically walking away, like to physically leave them on their own. You shouldn't be doing that doesn't mean that you have to step in like all the other husbands sort of just stood there they didn't jump in unless they were you know joe joe gorga that you don't have to jump in you don't have to like physically separate your wife you don't have to physically come in and start saying things but to physically walk away and just leave your wife there or to leave forget out about it just your partner in general that is not cool unless here's the other thing i was thinking unless on to some degree you think that your partner is in the wrong. Do you know what I mean? And I think that there's a little bit of that. I think Bill, you know, him, we know him and Jen are, they have a great partnership. They do back each other up on things, but I think he also knows that Jen has done some shady shit. And I think he's, he's also of the school. Like it's just time to grin and bear it. Like he, I think he very much feels like she's adding fuel to a fire and she's the one that's going to get burned. And he doesn't want, he doesn't want to associate himself with that. The only thing is that at this boy's night out or whatever, that's exactly what happens because Evan lays down some truths. Cause what does he, what does Bill actually say about Jen? Like Evan says that your wife, you know, like she went, he says, Bill's like, my wife didn't go looking for things. And Evan's like, that's exactly what your wife did. And, and he just says, she's just nosy or something, but it's like, she's not nosy. She did those things maliciously because she wanted to hurt Jackie. Excuse me. You know what I mean? Mm. He can't win. Bill can't win. No matter what he does, he can't win. Yeah, but I think, like, in that scene as well, that final, like, scene between Evan and Bill too, like, what's Bill to say? Like, Evan's like, well, if if, if you think, you know, somebody who's a snoop is a good person, then, like, you must think you're, like, yeah. you know, it's sort of like, well, like, what's That's Bill, true. I agree. Like, what's Bill meant to say? Well, no, I don't agree with his behaviour, but my wife's still a good person. Like, Kind of. I think that's what Evan wanted. And I think that's what, I think that's what somebody like Evan would say, but like they have very different personalities and very different styles. But I also do think like Evan going in on like Jen, like saying specifically like Jen is not a good person. I think that that was like, like I get where he was coming from, but it's not the right way. Just 
what? This is why I'm like, Evan, who are you? Go back to your cave. Like... Yeah, like you've been quiet all this time. It's great that, you know, you're finally sticking up for Jackie. But I also think 100% Evan could have gone about it a different way. I mean, I think that Ben is evil on the show. So my thing about Jen is that I think she will stoop to any level to be on the show and to be entertaining. And I don't think she has to. I think that she's got so many, when she's just like having fun and she's just with her family and she's not actually being super shady, she's still top tier housewife to me. And this is, this is always my issue with some of the housewives that feel that they have to go super low when they're already doing really, really well, is it always comes back and to, to bite them on the ass. And so I just think like she should have just kept it like fun shade, but she, she went too low and now it's out of control. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with you on this one. Like, yeah, unfortunately, oh my God, like, he agrees with me. Jennifer, Jennifer Aiden was, you know, she was giving us everything. Like, we got to see into her family dynamics. Yep. With like, she's extremely open and vulnerable. Um, and what's Margaret given us? With Margaret, we finally got like the first like one-on-one scene where she sees like Marge Senior. And the, the only thing that they can talk about the whole time is, like, Jennifer Aiden. It's Correct. like, what, well, hello, what do you bring to the show? Melissa Gorga. Like, she brings fake shit every season. I mean, Correct. like, Jackie has finally, after four seasons, woken up and given us something. Like, Jennifer, unfortunately, like, yes, like, top tier, gives us everything. And, yeah, like, this might be her downfall. And it's unfortunate because it's being led by a bunch of women who have nothing else going on in their lives it's sort of like if jen wasn't there to give them a storyline i don't know what they'd be talking about but on top of that yeah 100 percent. it's like they didn't have anything and she went too low when she shouldn't have gone that low and now they're out for blood because honestly on their end they've got each other they've got nothing left to lose right but but the thing about jen jen is like a double downer you know what i mean like she just doubles down on everything and it's like oh Jen like even when she was trying to have some humility like when she came to Jackie for like advice and she was just like completely saying to Jackie like you know you and I it's the same thing and Jackie's like it's not the same thing because my husband didn't actually cheat like it's those little things it's like that was the that was not what you needed to say like those are the things that always add up to Jen just going that little bit below the boat uh, below the belt and taking it to the next level where it doesn't need to go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this Jen and Bill shit, it's, it's going to keep bugging us. And, you know, do we need a whole episode next week that's going to be the husbands, which is probably what we're going to get, which is crazy. But there are a couple of other things that I wanted to talk to you about. Joey's. Yes. So my, I'll do maybe like a little bit of a rapid fire. Louis, too many red flags, yay or nay? I'm going to say, look, it's concerning the current story that's come out at this boys' lunch that Louis allegedly scrapped on with the girlfriend in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm Tim Therese on this. Like... His past is his past. Show me, show me to me who you are. 
Thank you. It's really funny. I, there was another Instagram poll that did like this post that had like allegedly, supposedly all of these red flags about Louis and some of them I was just like, that's just like a personality trait. Like it's not like, it's like has brown hair. Like we are, we are really going deep on on some of these things. Like obviously if if there has been abuse and things like that, 100% we don't want any woman with a man like that. But I don't know, at the moment, it seems to be like a lot of the stuff is the stuff in his past and he's, and he's trying to change. Um, do I like the, the way he has spoken to Teresa? Like I spoke about last week, there was a, a bit of gaslighting and, and manipulation that I didn't like. Um, but I, I think as well that, I mean, Teresa kind of likes dominating, like domineering kind of men, right? So, I mean, if she can handle it, she can handle it. I think, um, look, I'm just going to say one more thing. What about the red flags of Teresa? She's a convicted felon. Thank you. But you know what I was also going also gonna to say? What about the red flags with every one of these husbands and these women? Like all of these women are concerning. You know what I, I will say, you know, talk about red flags, is that it's actually come out now as well that there was a woman from Evan's gym. So it wasn't just that Teresa was like starting some rumour about like, that that he was up to something. There was an actual woman. You know what I mean? Like it's just. Hey, where are you reading this? Are you in Are you in Franklin Lakes? Like reading the Gazette? Like yes, I'm saying, all I'm saying is there's a red flag now on Evan's head for me. <laughs> there's a red flag for me on anybody that wants to be a housewife. Like you're coming on this show, you are a red flag. <sighs> Melissa Gorga, red flag. <laughs> Oh, 100%. Her and Joe, like, you can't talk to me about the red flags. Like, we already spoke about one of them. Okay, another thing that I wanted to just get your thoughts on, the return of Gia. Um, I hope they're paying her a salary. Well, we know they are, 50000 USD. Well, according to Kim D, or was it Kim G? I can't remember. But, like, <laughs> good for her. Good for her. Good I for don't... her. I don't mind it. Like, serve us a confessional look. But you know what? I hope it's just her, like, testing out to see whether she fits in on Summer House. Get her as, like, a... a so I'm going to tell you right now, she's not going to fit in on Summer Get her as a deckhand on Below Deck. I don't know. I mean, I could... Well, she wouldn't be... She'd probably be head stew, let's be honest. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Fabulous. Okay, the other woman that I wanted to talk to you about is somebody who I am adjacent to, somebody who I relate to, my African sister, Dolores. <laughs> so can I just say, on The View, they, like, showed the, the, the scene between, like, Dolores and Jen talking about <laughs> Bill, and I think it was, like, Joy ba- No, was it Joy? No, it was Sunny. Sunny um, was like... When do you watch The View and what do you watch it on? Because it's not on telly here. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Um, you on YouTube. Sunny was like, is that woman black? <laughs> 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 she was like, actually like genuine question. Like, is that a woman of colour or not? <laughs> and then you see Dolores's parents who look Irish. Like, they are so pale. <laughs> with dark hair like you could not tell me that her mum is Italian like that is not true um anyway 
Wow, sweeping generalizations. Okay, so Dolores tells her parents that she's broken up with David. Yeah, is that the question? Yeah, I mean, like, how do you feel about it? They seem, how do you feel, how do you feel whenever you see Dolores' parents on the screen? Concerned. About yeah, 100%. Like, um, um, but. Look, I think that her parents didn't know how to process it. And they kind of just said, like, some random shit to her. Um, you know what? I would be disappointed as her parent because he was a nice doctor. Why are we getting rid of him? Okay, so five years is a long time. It seems to me that David had a closer relationship with everybody else in Dolores' circle but Dolores. He had time for the kids, time for her parents. He's hanging out at the shore with her ex-husband. Like, what the actual fuck? I think this happens sometimes, though, that sometimes you get an in-law that is just a little bit more in on the family than sometimes the person is themselves. Like, to me, you know what, I just, like, the the fact is, at this point, and she brings it up that, like, everyone's obviously talking to David except for her, um, everyone else is now obliged to, to cut it off with David. Like, if Dolores is not talking to David, nobody else is allowed to. It's so weird to me. But they do things very backwards in Dolores' world, or maybe it's progressive. But it's it's really weird to me that one of the main issues that Dolores had was that David never prioritised her. But it's wild to me that he seems to be able to have time for Frank. That's, that's crazy. Um, and then we find out that her mum goes in, you know, her mum has been to the doctor. She goes every three years. The doctor says she's fine. She goes in for a routine, you know, little little thing. And suddenly she's going in for major surgery. I mean, her mum's health has been like a thing for the last couple of seasons. I mean, her mum eats d- cake for breakfast, lunch and dinner. <laughs> like these things are wild. I just want to say that's a very European breakfast to have like a cake or a sweet for breakfast. They give you that little sugar boost in the morning. But it, it sounds like that's all she's having. Like she's not having any vegetables. I ever. think she, obviously, you know what it is. It's also just like you look at Dolores, who's this like fitness freak. She's, like, tiny. She's, you know, and her mum is a complete opposite. Her mum is, you know, overweight. Her mum is not interested in fixing her diet. I mean, that was, like, the whole, like, arc last season. That Like, yeah. Dolores was like, Ma, you got to eat vegetables. And she's like, I don't eat vegetables. I just eat pasta. <laughs> like... Can I just tell you, I'm, I am Dolores's mom. Like, it is wild to me. Like, as a child, it never occurred to me that there were grown-ups, like full adults, people in their 60s, 70s, who just didn't eat vegetables, like, and they've survived for this long. Like, it's a revelation. It's aspirational. You survive until they find out you need a triple bypass emergency surgery. Yeah, but at, like, 70-something years old, who cares? (laughs) I'm joking. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. It's aspirational. Anyways. Well, you know what? Lisa Barlow, Taco Bell. All I think about though now is like, you need some nutrition. (laughs) Drink water. Drink water. You need some nutrition. No wonder you're this way. Like, 
I'm sorry, but the legend of Mary M. Cosby will live on forever. Marshy, does that bring us to the end of your quick fire questions? I mean, they weren't that rapid fire, but I think it brings us to the end of this episode. Um, As always, you can rate, review and subscribe to share the love. Yes. Other people Uh, can find us. Yeah, it just makes it so much easier for other people to find us. Um, for us to be amongst our contemporaries in the housewives recap genre of podcasts. Um, also, you know, we live on Instagram at from the lower level pod. We're in another like content slump, but that's okay. We'll come out of it. Um, and otherwise we'll be back next week. We're going to wrap up the reunions, um, mm. talk about New Jersey and the word on the street. Yeah, and then it's like Housewives doesn't exist after that. We just fall off a cliff. Well, word on the street is, Moshi, that May 11th, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah, but that's in May. We're only going to get taken up to April in the next couple of weeks. Like, do we need to just start talking about Candy and the gang? Maybe this is the stuff you can tell us um, at From the Lower Level Pod on Instagram. Like, what should we talk about once these reunions are done? What would you like to deep dive into? Oh, yeah. Pick an episode from the canon and we'll just talk about that. We'll just talk about it from the canon. Yes. Okay. And on that note, bye. Goodbye, Moshi. Goodbye. Okay. You just pretended to be me. That is so creepy. (laughs) So creepy. No.